0: Follow-up is key to success in this business. Wholesaling, you have to follow up with your leads. Did you know that 48% of salespeople never follow up with a prospect? 25% of salespeople make the second contact and stop. 12% of salespeople make three contacts and stop. And only 10% of salespeople make more than three contacts. Here's where it gets really interesting, guys. 2% of sales are made on the first contact. 3% of sales are made on the second contact. 5% of sales are made on the third contact. 10% of sales are made on the fourth contact. And here's the powerhouse. 80% of sales are made on the fifth through twelfth contact. What does that mean for you? It means you need to follow up with your leads. You need to set your follow-up on autopilot by using a CRM. Visit dpipodcast.com forward slash CRM to learn more about the CRM that the discount property investors are using in their business. You can follow up with text, email, voicemails, all automatically. Get to the 5th and 12th contact faster and close more deals. Again, visit dpipodcast.com forward slash CRM. Welcome back to Season 2 of the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share with you what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. Make sure you never miss an episode and download the Discount Property Investor app in Google Play or iTunes today. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit FreeWholesaleCourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in.
1: All right, guys. Welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Your host, Mike Slane, joined the co-host. David Dodge. Hey, guys. All right, all right. So, you guys, <laughs> if it's your first time listening, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we always recommend people start real estate investing by learning to wholesale. And doing that, we suggest checking out our course, the coursecom 100% free. Shows you everything you need to know to get started wholesaling real estate. So that's freewholesalecourse.com. Uh, that's a great way to get started. You learn your numbers by uh, buying properties at a discount and selling them to landlords and uh, flippers. And we're very excited today. We have a seasoned landlord With us, Dave, you want to introduce our guest? Yes, we got an
2: awesome guest today, guys. Uh, We have Mr. Al Williamson. He is a professional engineer, a full time real estate investor, and the author of several real estate books, including 40 Ways to Increase Your Net Income of Your Rental Property and Building Wealth with Inner City Rentals. Al began investing back in 1996. Al, welcome to the show. How are you, man?
3: Awesome! Thanks, guys, for having me here. It's, it's, it's great here. I love the place you guys got here for me. Cool! Nice
2: couple- Absolutely, <laughs> we're happy to have you, man.
3: You guys so, got those nice armrests. I like that.
2: Yeah, these chairs are great, man. We love them. this. Is our new setup, man. We just got this setup just a couple of days ago, so we're we're real excited.
3: That's podcasting Ow, from we, a lazy boy. I love it.
2: That's yeah. right. <laughs> oh, we are really excited to have you on the show today because we do a lot of things in real estate, right? We wholesale, we fix and flip. We have about 50 rental properties. Uh, Mike's a broker, so we have a brokerage. Uh, We do some lending. We do some creative finance. And we basically do a lot of things, right? But one thing that we don't do yet is short-term rentals. And you seem to know quite a bit about it. So we are really, really happy to have you on the show today. Um, And you do uh, Airbnbs as well as long-term rentals, or are you just in the Airbnb game?
3: Yes, I do both. I, I I like to diversify. I think every landlord, especially that has a multifamily property, has got to have at least one short-term or flexible-term rental. It just makes sense. It, it opens. It gets you. It opens up a door of opportunities that you're never going to find as a traditional landlord. And in fact, I think it's it's less risky to be to do operate furnished rentals than it is to operate just as a traditional landlord. Really? Absolutely. That
1: seems so counterintuitive to me. It yeah, is. yeah. Let's talk about that. All it right. is
3: because the folks haven't um, really thought about the whole ladder because, of course, um, Mike, you can leave your place vacant, right, and just right. bleed and pain and bandage um, your wounds, and then you can operate as a traditional landlord, and, you know, one water heater goes out, takes your profits, a leak, sewer line breaks, all that takes your profits for the whole year. And then you can operate as a furnished rentals and make about 30% more. This was the exact same property we're talking about. You can make 30% more if you just simply furnish it and rent it long-term furnished rentals. Nothing new with it, right? Mm-hmm. Then you could take another step and and do use sites like Airbnb, VRBO, HomeAway, and I call that flexible terms because you're flexing your terms of how long people stay. Sure. And you can flex terms with dogs and all kinds of stuff. Um, just flex being, you can add cars, uh, rental cars. You can just flex your terms and you can make between um, three and five times more than a traditional landlord with the exact same property. Okay. Yeah.
2: Interesting.
3: Changing uh, operating mode and then from there you can go up to doing aiming for corporate rentals and make up to 10 times more on a net income with the exact same property so that's why i say um, if if you're aiming for corporate rentals if that doesn't work for you if you fail at that you can do airbnb and, and, and yeah if you fail at airbnb you can do long-term rental rentals long-term furnished rentals. And if you fail at that, then you can do the least profitable, most risky thing, which is being a traditional landlord.
2: <laughs> that's crazy. Then, that so
1: that doesn't
3: know. have doesn't have any safety nets. You go right to bleeding.
1: Right? Tell us what's, Tell us more about corporate rentals. I'm not even really familiar. Yeah, that's with one thing yeah, that we don't getting do. into that. So yeah, could you describe yeah. that? I, mean, I assume that's part of your portfolio. Then
3: it is. I, I aim for corporate rentals. I I use Airbnb as a as a backup strategy if I can't find a business person on on a business travel or rent directly to a company. So is
2: that the main goal, Al, is whenever you buy a property and you furnish it, you're trying to do the corporate before the Airbnb. Airbnb is more of a backup for you?
3: Absolutely. That's exactly right. I just use that whole ladder there because um, oftentimes there are companies probably right next door to you guys who are bringing in employees for training programs.
2: Say that one more time.
3: They bring in employees for training programs, and they put them up at extended-stay hotels or hotels.
2: Oh, yeah, and that's pretty common, actually. So okay, so... Corporate rentals, what's your term, typically? What's the average term?
3: Well, it, it, you know, corporations and companies bring in people for a number of different reasons and for different periods of time. Sometimes their um, staff level, um, moving their staff around just to open up say a new they're building tilting up a new target store they have to send their property project managers out there for it could be 13 weeks to set up a new store and they would put that person in a hotel or um hopefully one of my corporate rentals directly to to them and they would save a lot more money if they came and, and gave that employee a, a full house where that person is more comfortable and that employee is more productive than being in a hotel. Yeah. I don't know if have you guys stayed in a hotel for oh, a couple weeks at a time?
2: Oh, it's terrible, man. I don't even like more than two or three days at a time.
3: That's exactly right. That's why, that's why there's a, this really big opportunity to, to skip, um, tourists and, and wherever, a regular place, just furnish it, make a connection with a, a, a business person or a company and save them money by, Letting that person stay at your furnished rental, so corporate rentals, yeah.
2: I'll tell us how you got started with the short term rentals. It says you you know, we, we were talking earlier, and you were telling me that you were that you started investing back in '96. So you've been doing right. it, it in the game for for quite quite some time. Yeah. Uh, how did you get started with the short term rentals, though?
3: Well, I, well I was so working on that book, 40 Ways to Increase the Net Income of a Rental Property," yeah. so I, I use airbnb was just one of the strategies because i started i started that be, I, I started the book because truth be told landlords being doing rentals is a great way to build your equity but it's terrible on your cash flow because you get wiped out if you maintain your property right and people just don't want to talk about that i thought i was the only one i was being careful i was maintaining my properties i was doing a lot of work myself and then at the end of the year, I look back on my cash flow, uh, you know, and I say, "This is terrible." But thank God, there's depreciation that makes right. up for it. You know, make that, that makes up for it. But but cash flow wise, there's something wrong because because uh, and then also relying on just one source of cash flow. How crazy is that? Just relying on your renter. I mean, what kind of business does that? It's just so antiquated. So right. so I started. Back um, when I needed a short-term rental, I was working in 2012 in San Francisco. I was. Have you guys ever heard of the Alcatraz Island? Alc- oh, yeah. Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. I'm actually a project a- manager. A- yeah. Yeah. Alcapone. I was a project manager for putting solar panels on that um, that island, which is now a part of the National Park Service. Mm-hmm. So I was charged that. And I was in San Francisco for a year and a half. And... Um, I needed a place to stay for three months after my lease ran out. And I had a, a budget from the National Park Service for housing, and I needed a place. So I started Airbnb around San Francisco back in uh, 2011 and 12, just when it was picking up, you know, it was becoming a thing, a real company back in that time. It was, it was getting gaining popularity. So it just so happened that I had a budget and I needed a place to stay, and I wanted to see more of San Francisco. Um, so that's what happened, but it was at that time, it was, had more of a bed and breakfast flair to it where people were bringing me cookies. They were uh, carrying my luggage up and they were treating me. They wanted to interact with me.
1: That's what, yeah, I remember it. It seemed like it was more like couch surfing back when it started where it was more people renting out a room than a full house. Is that, is that kind of true? It's, it's evolved now into where people are mostly running out houses, Right.
3: No, no, no. So it, it has many different facets to it. So there are still lots of people renting out rooms. Absolutely. Okay. Don't think that that's not, that hasn't gone anywhere. It's just in, in 2015, Airbnb came out with a category called business travel ready, where you only qualify for that. If you did not sh- share your um, rental because they were aiming after business travelers. Okay. So, Wait, so
2: that I, business travel ready is like an option
3: in there that, that came to option in 2015 where they just said, Hey, we're going to promote your lent, your listing, uh, which you can't live in. <laughs> so they're talking to landlords. We're going to promote your listing to just business travels, travelers. Okay. Okay. Cool. That cool. means you can't have a pet in there. And th- they had all these rules mm-hmm. back in 2015. It's changed now, but, but 2015, they said, you know, if you don't, if you're not living there, we will promote it just to business travelers. And you need to have some things like um, locks where they can let themselves in and different things like that. Sure. At that time, so from 2011 to 2015, I was like, ah, you know, this is just going to be one of my 40 ways. But when it came to where I don't have to share um, a place, I don't have to carry luggage. (laughs) I don't have to take anyone cookies and And all that type of thing, and really need to interact with that guest. That's when I said, "Okay, let me test this out." And and that's what happened. I I ran some. um, I took my eight-unit property. I call it my laboratory. I I dedicated one unit to um, Airbnb and BRBO. And I ran some experiments. And for example, I I had people three people per in one month stay with me, and I, I made. A lot of money. My growth was great, but and my net was, was pretty good, and and then I uh, I was worn out, <laughs> you know. It's, I felt like I had just gone through fin- finals. You know, I did well on the test, but I was exhausted.
1: I love that idea, though. You've got so you've got a multi-unit building. Yeah. So you're you're getting that uh, traditional landlord money through some right. of the, the long term. Yeah, the long term rentals. And then you've got a couple, you one or two units that you're playing with. You're testing. Right. I love that. Yeah. It should always you.
3: be tested. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Every multifamily, I don't care if it's a duplex. One of them should be a short one unit should be a short terminal. Absolutely. There's no excuse That's for, not. No
1: and we're definitely going to do that.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah I think so. I like yeah. That. That, that goes to, as a site as a side note, a lot of landlords who are business owners, mm-hmm. right? don't have an internet strategy at all. And that's and this is 2019. Most landlords do not have an online strategy. And I'm like, this is crazy. What business what business doesn't have an online strategy now?
2: Right, yeah. So, so what you do have you have an online strategy? Can you give me an example?
3: Just connecting it to Airbnb is an online strategy.
2: Got it. Oh, so you're saying as a landlord, people are just putting a sign in the yard or, or listing it on Zillow or something along those lines, right?
3: Well, that, that counts, but I tell you what, that's fading out. That's, that's like, um, uh, borders books, putting out a sign in front of their, in front of their, um, uh, you know, that's the same thing for Blockbuster. Didn't have an online strategy. Every, every company that's going out of business has a weak online strategy.
2: Good point. Radio shack.
3: Landlords are the next in line. Landlords are the next in line. It should, it should not even be a, a stretch in the imagination now. I've been saying this for a while. <laughs> that you wow, need to that's interesting. Stretch. Very
1: interesting.
3: But anyway, as, as I was doing those experiments, uh, doing it frequently, you know, multiple times per, per month was, was good, but I was worn out. So I started saying, what if I test one month, uh, make it 30 days and longer, 30 days, and I was able to get bookings there, no problem. And that felt a lot better. But when I looked at my net income, it was the same, nearly the same as when I was doing those multiple times because I had less taxes I had to pay. It didn't take up so much of my time. Um, It was less turnover and cleaning. Uh, I wasn't going back and forth to the place all the time.
2: Now you're talking about corporate or long-term right now?
3: This was was just testing. Oh, testing. Um, This was the testing. This is how it came to the fact that these three you know, two months to seven months, those rentals for, for business travelers is the Holy grail. That's how I got there. And, and it's, it's, and also just coming from the fact that I, as a project manager engineer, who's overseeing different projects, uh, there was a lot of people just like me that had, had those budgets. And sometimes, sometimes you could pocket your housing allowance if you had created the savings so they're motivated to do that and that's tax free by the way uh, that housing allowance is tax free so i could talk to people that way and then there's some people who are on different federal contracts who have to turn in the receipts and they just get reimbursed for the receipts that they uh, for their housing costs and those guys were the absolutely holy grail cuz they just wanted to be comfortable and they didn't re- they would turn over their entire budget to you if you uh, made them extra comfortable so it's an extremely um, and there's and most like you like you two guys are, are very smart guys you guys have been in the business a long time you have a lot of exposure and and yet you can so you can see why people who are very knowledgeable still aren't knowing about this category which makes it so that I don't have any competition mm.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean awesome. is the corporate. I think we should dabble in the corporate and the Airbnb. To be yeah. honest, the corporate's interesting to me. Yeah, 30, do you get about thirty percent higher rent corporates just by furnishing it?
3: No, no, no. You you get thirty percent higher from anybody by furnishing it. Okay, you can go much higher with corporate. So you can go for corporate, you should expect eight to ten times more on your net income per month for corporate.
2: Eight to ten x, eight to ten
3: x on the exact same property, just by furnishing it and going, and talking to a business person, and and saving them money on what they're already spending.
1: Right, you get yeah. it. It's a good it's point. very easy thing to do.
2: Hotel or whatever else, so. they're just getting a nicer place for less than what they would have. Yeah. Been. Yeah. Now you have a really good point, man. Because like, in a hotel, like. Man, it just sucks. So yeah, bad. like you don't even want to yeah. be in the room. Well, you, right. you drive up in your rental car, right? And then you walk a half a mile
1: to the hotel. You walk, out, you take an elevator, then you walk another quarter mile to the room. Right. Okay. You know, I mean, it's just it's just not easy. It's just not. That, yeah. Maybe there's a nothing about for it. Over space. Maybe there isn't.
2: Right. You can't cook anything. You're always right. eating out. Yeah, yeah, having
1: the ability for somebody
2: to have a family room with like a decent couch and a television, yeah, a full kitchen, room. full
3: kitchen. Oh like, man, you guys are onto something.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you know, but all those we're things. selling ourselves on it, yeah, man. Right.
3: So, so, so you're saving that you're saving your food budget because you get a food allowance. You're eating better, so you're healthier. You're sliding into the, you're pressing the remote on the garage door opener and sliding mm-hmm. right into it. Oh, that's great. And you're saving the company money. That's, and, and, and so, the, so that's a big, big win. And, and for from a landlord's perspective or a rental owner's perspective, when one property has the cash flow of 10 properties, you don't need so many properties and, and you can just relax.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. So, so what about
1: like wear and tear? So I'm assuming your airbnbs you know uh you've got the the shorter term vacation type guests they're probably going to be a little bit rougher so i guess the corporate guys are going to be a little bit more gentle i'm just making assumptions here
3: that's Uh, a good assumption how
1: how often are you (laughs) how often are you placing your furniture though too i mean i i assume you've got to keep it you know looking pretty good yeah Uh, and there is going to be some expense
3: right and that's let's expand that because you you hit on a lot of good points there um first there's there's two types of people. There's the tourists and the travelers. Okay. Mm-hmm. The tourists are paying out of their pocket and the traveler is paying their boss's money. Okay. That's a, their, their mindsets are completely different. Okay. If you're spending your own money, you're looking for deals. You're, um, you gonna may, maybe, you know, you act like a tourist, right? If you're spending your boss's money where I know how to contact your boss. You're going to be very gentle on the property. Just because you know I can I can escalate if there's an issue, or or I can just uh, flame you on Twitter and drag your company's name into it, so you're really not going to do anything, and that's been the case. Then the next thing, so so where the source of the money for the housing comes from, is extremely. That's the main thing. That's why I only deal with someone who has a, a some accountability and a, an employee type of thing. Then the next thing is just like there's do you guys have uh, Motel Sixes and Red oh, yeah. Roof low end hotels?
2: Oh yeah,
3: and then you probably have some. What's the, the nicest hotel in your area?
2: Probably the Ritz.
3: The Ritz. Okay, so there's a whole spectrum of housing, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a whole spectrum of of um, furnishings as well. Mm-hmm. You know, the the Red Roof or the Motel Six still inks out a very impressive profit. Okay. Right. So it's all about that margin. So you can furnish it. You can make a, um, a really good budget. I ha- I have one place that I house, um, concrete uh, masons, just the, their their whole crew. Okay, and they don't want luxury furnishings.
2: Right, because they're dirty. They're filthy. They're probably that's coming. right.
3: That's right. That's right. They they want a a, a big TV.
2: <laughs>
3: they want a sofa and they want a little yard so they can set up the grill and they want to take they want to take home send home most of the extra money okay right if I put in something that's really nice I you know it doesn't work there now there's also regular regular um you know uh, folks who are uh, on corporate travel maybe a project manager or um, a, or a small business person they're gonna want something nicer so you got to really narrow in on who you want to serve and where you can make that margin because it's you got to make an extra margin for for, for uh, where you are. If right. Every so, every rental has the highest best use.
2: Yeah, and that's something that so you know Mike and I have about fifty rental properties. They're all long term. Our goal is to get to one hundred and fifty. So we have a hundred to buy, and we're going to try to get there in twenty four months, really closer to eighteen months. Uh, do you guys 18, want the,
3: do you guys want the cash flow or you want the the rentals property. We want the
2: wealth. We want the we want to the get long term equity out the debt and then have someone else pay it off. So obviously you know this is a cash flow game. Um so of course we we want the cash flow, but really the main thing is is we want the wealth. Yeah,
3: okay. but I want the idea. That's what rentals that's what rentals are for. They're for uh, traditional landlording is for Wealth accumulation. Absolutely. Equity. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not for cash flow. Well,
2: if we were to mix it up a little bit, let's say we, you know, had 20 or 30 corporate rentals and 20 or 30 Airbnbs and then 100 single family uh, long-term, that would be a good diversification as I was Yeah, I really, I really like that idea. I really like that idea too. You, so. would, have,
3: if you would have the cash flow and the equity <laughs> if you did, if you aim for... Wait, can we pause here? I want to pause and talk about this word Airbnb. Yeah,
1: yeah hello, let's go. Let's talk about
3: that. Because that often Airbnb is like one planet that has this big gravitational pull on it and people never think beyond it, okay? But it is this one in a big solar system. And it's not even the biggest one. There's there's there're just just by getting away from your computer, walking away from your computer, taking a, a gift basket, a few chocolates into the company down the street and talking to the office manager without you, you can make more, you don't have anyone, you can go directly to them. Okay. Right. Right. And then, and then there's, there's a, a temporary housing, which is furnished rentals, but you're dealing with people who are in betweeners in between selling their house and, um, buying a new house that and realtors need that type of option okay yeah that's a good point they need tons of that they need that so we got and and they're not going to use airbnb for that so there's this whole galaxy there's many many planets so so because of that i just want you guys to call this um short-term rentals instead of airbnb
2: no i love that idea that makes that makes more sense because again Airbnb is yeah. just one channel. It's That's like right. so many other channels out there and you have channels that aren't even online, like you said, go down the street and talk to the office manager of a, of a you know company.
3: That's the most you know, profitable few you got, steps you uh, could take.
2: Too. So well what I think it's like is Kleenex. Yeah. Kleenex is just what we
1: all refer to as tissue, tissue paper. paper. You know, so Airbnb has become so synonymous with short-term rental. Right, but the that thing we is, do, we just
2: refer to it. It was you know, so crazy that was that analogy. There was there so many companies before Airbnb that did the exact same thing: HomeAway and mm-hmm. VRBO. Airbnb, in my opinion, just has a better UI. Yeah,
3: that, that's 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 absolutely correct. You so,
2: know, it just
1: looks prettier. Short-term rentals, I love it. So, Al. Well, how would you say someone could get started in this? So, Dave and I, you know, we've kind of got our we've got a little our foot in the door on it, and you obviously do as well. But how would a new person, uh, you know, because that's kind of a target market is the newer investor? How would somebody get started in short-term rentals?
3: You want to take you want to take that person. You want them to be a mechanic, or you want that person to be a a waiter at the local street? What what income level you want to talk about? Uh,
1: let's do both. I mean, can you do both? So, some,
3: so someone, let's talk about someone who doesn't have any money at all. Okay. Perfect. I love it. Okay. So a person who doesn't have any money at all, they would need to see if there's an extended stay hotel in, in their city. And then they would typically there is and they count them up <laughs> and they count up, you know, sometimes extended stay America has three and there might be a residence because there's different pockets of uh, people that use these uh, different luxury levels.
2: Right. Right. You know that, there's
3: probably five or six in St. Louis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that means that means that this business model that that I'm talking about absolutely works. There's no question about it then. Because each one of those is about twenty two million dollars to to construct. Yeah. Those buildings. And, they, and they've done a ton of they've done more research than you can ever do. So you don't really even need to do any more research now. Right. Because that's the same if there's an extended stay, that means eighteen days is the average Which means there's plenty of 30 days and longer um, stays. Okay, so there there is no more research that you need to do. So you've done the research by counting up the extended stays, Mm -hmm. and then you point that out to someone who has a little bit has a self directed IRA that you can meet at your local RIA or someone who has a little extra money, and it's very then then say okay they say that's great. Then you say well why don't I go rent something? I'm gonna go rent a an apartment. That has a little bit of parking, or rent a small house, and so, so I need money for the first month's rent and the security deposit and furnishings. So that could be uh, for, for at your, where you guys are in St. Louis. That could be all all of ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars, maybe for that. And then they set up, and then they um, start marketing. Like I said, you can go. I have I have lots of marketing techniques. Because once you know how to market, then everything's easy after that. Right. Especially, especially when you find out that you're saving companies money, local companies money, and they want to work with a local person anyway, instead of a corporate brand. Um, then, then you're overwhelmed with trying to keep up with the demand. Also, all of a sudden that person um, who didn't have any money, who just opened, used the right language and used with the right idea, um, can take that person's 10000 and pay them back within five months.
2: Yeah, that's pretty cool. You're basically yeah. borrowing someone else's money to get your foot in the door. That's right. Your cash flow is is good. It's great, really, so you can pay all that back. Yeah. Um, that's so right. that's a great scenario. That's somebody that doesn't have any money. Um, they can, you know, get a small loan from somebody or even partner with somebody to rent. Right. They're basically arbitraging uh, what they're paying and what they're collecting. Very cool. Right. What's the other side of that spectrum? Like, um, you know, somebody that's, you know, like... Um, just
3: the has money, exactly. Someone who has money, let's say at the very far other side of the spectrum of someone who has money, they may have a self-directed IRA. Okay. Since there's since if if same strategy. If you rent someone's property, for example, you don't have a uh, debt associated with that rental. So that slips into your IRA nicely. So you can create and uh, working with a partner, okay, because you can't self-deal, you can't do it yourself. You can create one of these arbitrages inside of your self IRA, self-directed IRA, just pumping out money each month. So you can get a bunch of those. So if you're behind in your retirement account, you can create these pretty quickly. Um, Some machines inside of your self-directed IRA, pumping out money so you can take it out tax deferred, tax benefit, just compounding year after year.
2: I yeah, know. That's a great idea. Yeah, I've done yeah, a couple of deals in my in my Roth IRA because it's great. You know, no tax. And it's obviously money that I don't need either. So it's putting it away so it can grow. But I never thought about doing, you know, an Airbnb slash arbitrage type deal.
3: I mean, short-term rental. Oh, slash that's why I love real
2: estate. Term. There's just yeah. so many ways to make money. And, you know, the people that are, that are doing the best are just the most creative, I feel like. So, man, that's really cool. I got a couple questions about... Um, about, you know, uh, touristy areas or like, you know, so like in St. Louis, you know, I don't look at this as ever being a destination place for anybody unless you have family here, but I would imagine that that's probably a lot of the Airbnb businesses, friends or family coming into town. We also have a zoo, which is free. It's probably one of the only zoos in the country that's free. We have some sporting teams. You know, we have the Science center. So we have some places, but like we don't have any mountains to go skiing on. We don't have any beaches to go lay out on. So, um, you know, does that affect the mindset of doing an Airbnb in a city like St. Louis versus, you know, Tampa?
3: No, it, it, it doesn't. There's a couple couple things we need to tease out. Is One, St. Louis is in the center of the country. There's a lot of conventions there. If yeah. you wanted to go short, short rentals, I call it short shorts because less than 30 days, mm-hmm. you can save a lot of companies money by just getting the biggest house that you could and, and, um, allowing them to have, so they can do lodging and meetings there.
1: Yeah. that's smart.
3: In fact, in St. Louis, when I was there, I interviewed a guy who, you know, you have that, um, industrial area out there where all those abandoned warehouses. And, and factories are.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So he bought one of those and he set it up for just bachelor parties uh, on weekends and, and he ended up making about um three hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year just doing bachelor parties on the weekends okay and so that's that's the other that's the other area and he he, he lived on the top he was a realtor and he just had set up there's four le- four floors and he kept everyone had to stay there. They can make as much noise as they want it, but the rules are they can't leave anywhere. So he was just blowing it up. And then also, you guys have businesses there. Anytime you have businesses, they're, they're bringing people to St. Louis. And, and and because they're bringing people to St. Louis, they're paying for them a place to stay. So that's constantly going on. When I, when I, the St. Louis airport is small, but there's, there's always people there when I'm flying through.
2: Yeah, no, that's true. I mean... People come that's for sure so, so, well, that's so what true.
3: you're what you're saying, what you're saying is, is, is there's a there's the, the, by using that word Airbnb it really just squashes the your mindset of what's going on you can't see the rest of the world that's going and you just need a few of these um, each one you can make equal 10 times your cash flow so you just need a few of them to change that and and you have you said you had about five extended stays hotels in st. Louis.
2: I would say at least that Mike. There's one or from the yeah. There's one or two over here across from us in Brentwood. There's a bunch of them on I-70 and I-40 when you're headed out yeah. to St. Charles or, or Justin. E-
3: right. Yeah, St. Charles. Each one of them has about 150, 200 rooms. Okay.
2: Yes, and yeah, and they wouldn't spend all that money building them if they weren't renting them. So,
3: so, so what I'm saying to you, D- Dave, what are your chances of taking one of their customers?
2: High, very high.
3: Okay, so you're. You got all the business that you could possibly handle right there.
2: Right. No, that's a great, that's an awesome point. So let's talk a little, and I love how, I, I'll, I love your, your, your mindset and your terminology of, it's not, let's not say it in terms of Airbnb. Let's talk about it more in short-term rentals because there's so many other avenues. I love that. So thank you for sharing that. That's a huge, huge gold nugget for us. So one of the reasons that I haven't done Airbnbs yet I'll correct myself. Short-term rentals yet, um, he's learning. I'm learning. He's right? learning how to work. Um, is because the turnover is high. Therefore, and now this may not be the case, but I would just think that you're going to have higher maintenance. You're going to have higher management. So Mike and I don't manage our own properties. We're we're working aggressively to acquire, and you can't do both, right? So we have a property manager. But if we did, he doesn't manage short-term rentals, though. We either have to find somebody to do that or we have to do it. And I just kind of want to get some feedback from you in terms of, you know, the added maintenance or the added management um, that goes into that because, you know, people are moving in and out of this place weekly sometimes. Maybe not weekly, maybe monthly. But, you know, our average tenant with a long-term may be 18 to 20 months.
3: That's that's, that's great because that that blows into – what what people have already made up their mind about this that word Airbnb, okay? Because there are there are about it's 36% of the travel in the continental US are with people who are staying between one to six months at a time.
2: 36%
3: 36%. That's why you see so many of these extended stays there and you see them keep growing with putting kitchenettes in 36%. And then the other parts are doing those weekly stays. So I say in my mind and to my, my students, I say, you guys let them do those, that fast turnover. We're just going to focus on two months, seven months (laughs) days. We're just going to focus on that because there's lots of that going on. And, and that's what I'm saying. Once you, once uh, uh, my typical stay is four months, Okay, but corporate
1: or
2: for yeah, we're corporate. Corporate, okay. Four
3: months. And uh traveling healthcare professionals typically coming through.
2: Oh yeah, um, like traveling nurses or something like that. Yep. And, uh,
3: yep. Tra- uh, physical therapists, doctors, all, all that as long as you see a growing um baby boomers are still growing, right? The trend is still going ticking up. Mm-hmm. Because of that, there's gonna be lots more traveling healthcare professionals. It's just gonna get become a stronger industry. So hmm. So, we, we, so because of that, we, we, set up, um, we only focus on these extended stays because I don't, want the, I don't want the turnover or the daily activity in that. And then from there, it's just setting up a series of checklists um, so that you, you can get things done. There's not furniture being moved in and out. There's not nicks and things like that. It's just doing the laundry and, and setting it up for the next person, which your housekeeper does the, all that. And then the, right. then the housekeeper goes through or somebody goes and, d- and does your quality control checklist to make sure like uh pillowcase liners. That's one thing that's on my checklist. I like pillowcases and pillowcase liners, uh, pillow liners, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so make sure that those are on, make sure the laundry's done, make sure there's a full bottle of dishwashing liquid, you know, all that's on my checklist so that I don't do anything. I check my scorecard. You know, I think uh, I get my, my assistant sends me uh, as a color coded scorecard of my, my 19 extended stay rentals that I have. And if it's all green, I don't do anything that day. And if it gets red, I, I get on them, well, what, what, which one of our systems failed? Um, it's because we run it as a business and, and not, as a, not as a job.
2: Right. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, wow, Al, you're doing great, man. You're crushing
1: it. Dude, I love it. That's great. Do you have any other questions for Al or Al, is or something else you would love to share with somebody who's interested in this? Um I'm also I'd love to follow that up with where can we get more information? Yes, yeah, so, so all you
2: mentor landlords all over the country. Uh right, right. So tell us a little bit about your about your coaching business, yeah, your please. mentor business.
3: So, okay, yeah, I'd love to. So, we're just kind of talking about the short-term rentals part of my my business and then I have a um, well, I call myself the world's first landlord scientist.
2: I love that, man. You are the landlord scientist.
3: I am. I've earned it be- because earned I've, it. I've I've um I'm documenting ways to increase your net income with your current properties and also reduce your expenses. So, for you guys, let me share this. I want you to go to Home Depot and get something called Green Gobbler. It's, it's eleven dollars. Has three packages on it. Green Gobbler. I want you to toss every time you go visit your property, I want you to toss that into your sink, okay, and let it dissolve as a biologically friendly uh drain opener, and that will eliminate your need to go ever call a plumber again
1: mm-hmm. hmm.
3: by doing a little bit of very inexpensive preventative maintenance, you can wipe out the plumbing industry okay it'll <laughs> <laughs> save you guys quite a bit of money right Help your n o i and all that yeah, right. so i have a whole I have a whole lot of coaching on that, and then um my um, extended stay rental business I I teach people how to start with nothing and how to grab someone else's harvest and plant their plant a little bit of their harvest so that they can have a harvest of their own Mm -hmm. I teach folks to start with with nothing on how they can uh, focus on extended stays where people are not thinking about and and, um, make things better for their families no matter no matter where they're starting out or what they look like or whatever so so that all is um, on my website. It's called leadinglandlord.com. It's kind of a clearinghouse. If you're interested in just Extended Stays, then you go to extendedstayslandlord.com. And if you can see my coaching and training program um, that walks people through six steps. If they just do the take a step, do the task, they're going to make more money and, and get the same results that so many people have and change their lives. So it's not matter if you... If you need cash flow now, or if you want to catch up on your retirement, this whole thing works for you.
2: Yeah, Al, are you doing the? Yeah, I love how you refer to them as the short shorts. <laughs> are you still doing some short shorts, or are you really focused more on the corporate?
3: Yeah, I do only corporate, only thirty days and longer. Sacramento has really bad, um, really st- strong anti Airbnb, anti short-term rental laws. Oh, they do. Okay. they do. They 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 make it so that you, they make it really crush, But they don't affect me at all. Because all their, all those ordinances are for 30 days and less. Right. They're called transients. If, that's why you pay that lodging tax when you go to your hotels. Right. Since you go over 30 days, you don't have to pay that anymore. You become a regular month-to-month landlord. And you follow landlord-tenant law. So that's why I only do nothing but specialize in and and um collect marketing tactics for 30 days and longer so that so that you're in the sweet spot with the highest pain. that's really cool
2: man i'm impressed al this is really me too man and like so honestly i don't i think it'd be kind of nice to dabble with some of the short shorts but i really prefer what i was doing these
3: days yeah yeah. yeah, the
2: extended stays. I think the extended stays make more sense. It's like yeah. long-term. Less,
3: less competition.
2: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Al, tell us those websites again.
3: Okay. So um, extendedstaylandlord.com
2: yeah.
3: walks you through my my six-step program for that. So absolutely, it's worked for many, many people. And, and um, that is how you get into extended stays. So... Th- like the regular traditional landlord is saturated. Everyone's doing it, right?
1: Right. Yeah, there's
3: tons of people piling on doing these short shorts. If, if you want to set yourself up and relax, you do <laughs> extended stays. There's yeah. no one thinking about it.
2: Yeah, there's not very much competition there other than just the big players. And then, of course, you know, you. But in our market, there's not a whole lot of... Uh, yeah,
3: not in your market. I, I stay in Sacramento. I don't, I don't really need to go anywhere else besides uh, Sacramento. Right.
2: I right.
1: don't teach, really I don't like
3: teach anything in Sacramento. I don't talk. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't coach anybody in Sacramento. I don't talk in Sacramento.
2: Yeah, no, that's good, though, because it keeps your competition up.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, and then my other, my main website is Leading Landlord, where I do, I post about all my different experiments. Now, is uh, that
2: leading or leaving? Leading. I L-E-A-D-I-N-G, leading? Uh-huh.
3: Leadinglandlord.com. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so we'll try where, to
1: get this to the
3: show. Where, where all my experiments, you know, I'm, I, I talk, I'm on a, like you guys are on the Burr series. I'm on this uh, a series called Abundance Series where, I, where I, I, I talk about the laws of abundance and then I actually videotape myself using them to create money out of thin air. Because we, we were told that money doesn't grow on trees, right? Over and over again, pounding into our heads. But it's not true. If you have the right language and a good idea you don't need money. You just, it, it just, uh, you can use other people's money and you pay them for their money and you go make more money and it really reduces the stress in your life.
2: Yeah. I mean, we do that with our, with the birth strategy, obviously. So we have private lenders that lend us purchase and rehab and we have a property management company who helps us with the leasing and the management of the rental of the renting and whatnot. And then, uh, Lots of banking partners of course, but uh, we pay all of our lenders back. And on average uh, of the 50 properties that we own, we're, we're into them each for a little less than 500 bucks. So that's only you know maybe two or three months worth of cash flow and then we have no money in that deal. That's,
3: so- is, that's exactly right. That's is exactly the mindset. Absolutely. And you guys are doing long-term holds, which is super smart. Um, man, you guys are gonna be on the beach pretty soon. <laughs>
2: No, we got too much to do. Yeah, we, we got a lot to do, out, man. Please. I'm gonna get fifty of these, uh, these, long, these short term, but thirty day plus. Long term, short term, long term, short term.
1: Right, why do you
3: call them midterm?
2: Midterm. mid-term. I like. Uh, mid-term. I like the
1: long term, short term. Sorry, guys. <laughs> 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 midterm. I love it, Al. No, that's thank hilarious. you so much.
2: All right, guys. So,
1: uh, yeah, Al, thanks
2: <laughs> for coming on today. Yes. Uh, we really appreciate it, guys. Don't forget, check out Al's two websites. Lee, make sure I got this right. Uh, LeadingLandlord.com. Perfect. The other one, the other one is
3: ExtendedStayLandlord.com.
2: Perfect. ExtendedStayLandlord.com. Is that where you want everyone to go in terms of if they want to connect with you, or do you have any other? Um, well, he's also got the book, too. I know there's a lot
1: of
3: books. am I'm, I'm everywhere. I'm <laughs> everywhere. We're trying to be I, like,
2: wow, oh, man, we got a book, too, but yeah, we're,
1: I, we're just, crushing it.
3: Al Williamson, yeah. Yeah, I'm everywhere. no problem finding me.
2: Yeah,
1: 40 Ways to Increase the Net Income of Your Rental Property. So he's got that one out there on uh, Amazon. I and mean, did you say you had another one or two? Building well?
3: Wealth with Inner City Rentals is on Amazon, yeah.
1: too. Build Wealth with Inner City Rentals as, as well. Ooh, we got a fire truck coming to the door here, guys.
0: Yeah, we're <laughs> up on the uh,
1: we're, we're the sixth floor, and yeah. you still hear him
2: coming down
3: the
2: road. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Well, Al, thank you so much for coming on.
3: This is fun. Uh,
2: Again, I love talking with people that are doing, you know, things a little differently than what I'm doing because I'm a lifelong learner. I love to learn new things, and you have actually taught me a lot in this in this podcast, in this episode. You know, I, sometimes I'll get on here and, you know, it's just like, okay, everything I know already. Now, all the listeners obviously might not, but... I love it whenever I can actually learn on a project. Well, I'm excited, too. And I've learned a lot. I'm excited so thank you. to
1: apply some of what Al's taught us, too. Absolutely. So hopefully our listeners get some of that, and hopefully some of them connect with Al.
2: Absolutely. Uh, get some more of their questions answered. That's right. All right, guys. Check out Al's books. Check out his websites. He is the man. We are uh, very happy to have Al on the show. We're grateful to Al. And again, this is a Discount Property Investor Podcast. Don't forget, you make your money when you buy. You get paid when you sell, all right? Also, don't forget, we have a book, The Ultimate Guide to Wholesaling Real Estate. It is a comprehensive plan and basically everything you need to know to wholesale real estate. Mike, any any closing words or statements? Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate you guys. All right, guys, until next time. Thanks. let's go build some wealth!